Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio, episode 263 for June 22nd. No, it's not. It's June 28th, 2018. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Furlot. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. And Adriel is stuck behind a train or in front of a train or under a train or on a train. What's? I think he's throwing Mama from a train. He's part of a train. I don't. I don't know. Anyway, he, he'll be along shortly. They have and, long trains. He'll click on one of the uh, 16 links that I put in our Facebook chat to try and uh, get this thing going. Uh, Anyway, here we are. Um, Brian is on assignment this week. And um, let me just see here. I believe what he's doing is is listed down here. Oh, he's on a a streak at a bowling game and uh, couldn't make the show. Um, not yeah. sure who came up with those, but I'll be happy to cross that one off the list that so it never gets used again. Yep. Yep. Well, the next one ain't much better. So I don't even know where the crossover thing is. Well, all right, Kelly, uh, why don't you uh, regale us with what you did this week in guns? Okay. Well, I was just going to go in and see what we had for our Calgary Shooting Center, but okay. Uh, I didn't do much. We had at the front, front neck. Which Even though you didn't do much, it is still brought to us by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's <laughs> premier firearms retailer. And okay. this week, they have stuff and things on for sale. And the only way to find out exactly go to is Gunnets. to go to their website. Yeah. Or, or website. Didn't or walk in. Tell them, tell them Slamfire sent you. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. So this week was summer fun at my local range so the range was shut down unless you're an ipsic shooter and summer fun is at your range yeah summer fun is a very popular level three ipsic match a lot of a lot of people from uh even nova scotia travel there for that yep it's all over ontario come here usually says that within about half an hour of opening so (laughs) yep Anyway, so that's going on at Frontenac. So we didn't get to the range, but I did get to go to SFRC because, you know, Saturday. That, mm-hmm. and that's what I do. Uh, so I talked to Ryan a little bit about uh, the charity shoot. So they're going to be uh, they're going to be one of our sponsors as well. So that's awesome. I'm going to go pick up some stuff on Saturday for him. Um, what else? Uh, oh, this afternoon I went and got a, uh, something in the mail. The post, uh, the postman came and rang the doorbell, but I wasn't here. So I went to the local gun or the local post office and picked up a gun. It is going to be on our raffle table for the charity shoot as well. So that's from select shooting supplies. It's awesome. We're going to have a uh, Savage A22 Magnum. That's going to be part of the prize table. So. Very cool. Very yeah, it cool. is very cool. Uh, doing a lot of haven't, as I said, haven't been shooting, but I've been doing a lot with the charity shoot, trying to coordinate that, trying to coordinate everything with respect to our trips, both out east and out west, with uh, Project Maple Seed. So I was able to set up some um, 
so next week watch for some event right links for out in western ontario or western canada as well so that's what i was doing so as i said nothing really gun related but everything to do with all the, the stuff all the hobbies that i've been I'd say it's all gun related, but not necessarily you didn't go shooting, but everything you did is gun related. Yeah, I didn't get to go shooting. And after we're done recording this tonight, I am going to be talking about the calendars with uh, the 2019 calendars with the team that's uh, coordinating that as well. So every every evening I have a phone call about something. So eh. anyways, what about you, Trevor? Uh, well, I, I had my one of those phone calls myself last night until about uh, 11 oh, yeah. p.m., the first CCFR board meeting after the AGM. So it was, uh, it was a cool meeting. We appointed uh, some, you know, they, I got appointed as chair again, and they appointed the second in charge VP and reappointed all of our field officer coordinators and all those people and um, talked about some other, other fun stuff. Other than that, another project that I'm involved on at the range that I didn't uh, talk about last week was there's a small group of shooters at our club that would like to see an F-class range. Uh, Well, I don't know what they would like to see, an F-class range or F-class shooting, but now we have a 600-yard range. Um, What we've done is we've contacted the Royal New Brunswick Rifle Association to look at the feasibility of constructing a facility that will accommodate sanctioned F-class matches. So I'm investigating what's involved in that, reaffiliating with the RNBRA, becoming individual members, um, installing wind flags, making sure the firing line is the correct size, shape, angle of slope, et cetera, et cetera. So they came up and they conducted an inspection and there's very little needs to be done to get it uh, to where it needs to be to hold a sanctioned match. So um, that's pretty encouraging whether or not the work will get done. I don't know. My role is to find out what needs to be done because a lot of money was spent uh, and some wasted uh, and we're no farther ahead. So before any more money was spent, I wanted to have somebody who, you know, the, the governing body come, come on to the range and have a look around tell us exactly what we needed to do. So they how did. Far, how far out are you shooting to? 600. Okay. So F-class can be shot at a couple of different distances. Like you can have a a match that incorporates 300, 500, and 600. The way the slope of our range floor is made, we can never accommodate um, a shooting line at 500. So uh, the good news is you can hold a sanctioned F-class match that is shot at one distance only, 600. So um, then that's fine. Then that's what we'll do. The way the scoring works is, uh, and even for practice, there was guys that wanted to buy a, a camera system. And uh, the, the gentleman from the Royal Northern Rifle Association really advised against a camera system because it's just not that accurate or clear. There's an app, basically, with sensors that triangulates where the bullet struck on the target and sends that image back to your smart device. So you don't have to go down range to check your shots or anything like that. So we can buy one of those to put on one target for now and guys can take turns using it for practice to get sighted in and stuff. So uh, it's a bit of an expense, but if there's interest in the club, I don't want to, I don't want the club to spend thousands of dollars to give a couple of people a practice range. 
if we're going to invest money, I want to see someone in the club step up and become the F-class coordinator and organize and host sanctioned matches. If we're going to spend money, I want us to make money. And if we're going to make money, I want us to hold sanctioned matches so that other people from around the province and, and maybe even Nova Scotia and Prince Island will, will come take play, take part. So very little needs to be done. We need some new target stands. The target stands that are there, that's something else that was done wrong. The target stands were built. They weren't built to the right size. They were built four by four. We need six by six. The shooting mound was brought up and then brought down. That was $8,000. We'll never see again. And it was brought down and brought down too low. And there's oh. no slope or angle on the front. Yeah. So now you have to build it up. Well, the guys that want F class need to go there with shovels and wheelbarrows and pull dirt from the back of the mound to the front. That's makes sense. There's, yeah. There's no need to make any. How many do you, money. how many do you have that are shooting F class right now? Hmm. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, one maybe and some other people that want to try it but i mean uh yeah so it's, it's for some members it's a point of contention there's a small minority like four people maybe that want to shoot f class right. and i'm not even sure if they're members of the rnbra uh there's only one that actively shoots f class well i don't even know how active he is anymore but he certainly shot the sport for many 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 years he's very well known in the sport um so he was involved in trying to help get this project off the ground but uh is there interest there's a lot of talk but i don't see a lot of people with shovels and wheelbarrows eh. so i mean i know there's interest for myself and muffin like uh i don't just want to go out there and turn money into noise i've got a target rifle and i'd love to try f class right so you know that's why i got involved to see if the project will actually get completed and to stop wasting club money find out what right. exactly needs to be done before we do it so so there's very little that needs to be done right now. Right now, uh, the flags have been purchased. The FCS, the people at the club that, you know, the rifle coordinator or, well, the rifle coordinator doesn't coordinate any rifle shooting activities. He'll maybe show up on Monday night, which is rifle night. He'll um, see about getting targets ordered. Uh, the club supplies targets to its members, which is kind of unheard of, but it's not abused. So we still keep doing it. Um he builds the rifle stands. He maintains the range, but he doesn't organize any kind of shooting competition or anything like that. Uh, so <clears throat> we don't really have somebody spearheading this right now. Um, the flag poles, some kind of system needs to be devised so that the poles can be laid down. Otherwise, it'll just be shot up, right? Um, we need a flagpole at every 100 meters. So the flags are bought, and we know what the shooting line needs to look like. There's a corner of one of our berms that needs to be, it's like the back of a pistol bay berm. So we need to kind of cut the corner off a little bit because it's interfering with the line of sight to the 600 yard uh, backstop. And we need four target stands and we need to buy one of those scoring systems. That's it. Okay. So just is somebody going to step up and do it now that we actually know. So, Right. And then, and then the club has to reaffiliate with the RNBRA, and I believe the cost is one dollar per member. So, you know, if your club has two hundred members, it costs you two hundred dollars a year. If right. your club has eight hundred members, it's eight hundred dollars a year. And so, if the club writes a check for you know two hundred dollars, some of the members are going to ask, "Why are we paying two hundred dollars out of our club account so a couple of people can shoot F class?" Because what you need to do is get your butt out there and shoot. 
Yeah, you may not you you may not shoot okay. trap, but your dues help pay for the trap section too. Exactly. Well, actually, no. Trap is self sustaining. Okay, don't self sustaining. Bad example. Then don't bring that yeah. up to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but it, 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 like when you when you when you join um, a gym that has a pool, whether you use the pool or not, it's part of your dues. You know what I'm saying? So. It's just it's just part of the growth and development of the club. Well, what are we talking about? Like two hundred, a thousand dollars? Like who cares? This isn't a lot of money. Oh, dude, these people care. You have no idea how much they care. It's a hundred dollars a year to join the Rescuers Gun Club. You can't go golfing for a day for a hundred bucks, and yeah, they're losing it all the time. Like hundred dollars, a lot of money. I shoot my rifle three times a year. So go to a gravel pit. I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? Stuff costs money, and if you yeah. don't have money, then don't do stuff. Tell them to commit to Ontario where it costs like $400 a year. Well, uh, I, don't, I don't live in Ontario. Well, you know here, what? You know? Well, then be quiet. I, well, and, and, and Kelly, I said those words. I said, I said those they words, Kelly. yourself lucky. I told, that, I told that one guy who was commenting about our banking system. He said, that's stupid. I said, what? It's stupid? Yeah, it's effing stupid. You know what? That's, that's how a child speaks. And so if that's the most you can contribute to this conversation, maybe you should just be quiet. I ain't having it. So anyway, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully um, it goes forward and people step up and, and make it happen, but I'm not going to hold my breath. So the problem is see competition, when you get involved in competition, competition um, is the driving force behind growth and development in your range. Why do we have one of the best IPSC ranges in Canada? Because we got a bunch of IPSC shooters who right. shoot elsewhere. They're active in their sport. They join the association every year. They've spent the time. They spent the money, and they'd like to have a nice facility of their own to train at and to compete at. So the IPSC shooters have grown the IPSC program. How are you going to grow and develop an F class program when there's no one in your club shooting F class? The other side of that coin is build it and they will come. Hey guys, the club is now certified for F class. Take out an RNBRA membership and come out and shoot the match. And if you like it, go shoot other clubs matches. Right. So that's my hope. Anyway. Right. Um, hmm? right. You have to grow it. You're not going to have like 500 members on the first that want to shoot on the first year. Right. Yeah. Well, someone's got to grow it. And then hopefully if the facility is there, people will take advantage of it, but mm -hmm. there's no one really motivated to grow it. So, yeah. um, I got my blood work back and my lead levels went way up. So according to the scale that this laboratory in London, Ontario uses a zero therapeutic range for parts per whatever in your blood is between zero and 20. And when I had it tested, and back in late in the late fall, it was 94. So the doctor said, okay, you're over three times what you're supposed to be. Stop shooting, stop reloading for at least three months. Let's see if they come down and then we'll test again. So I was supposed to go over the test and I had to reschedule. I was supposed to go over the test and I had to reschedule. And then March 17th, I went, I shot an indoor match, which is not the best thing in the world to keep your lead levels down. A couple of weeks later was the two-day indoor spring bang match at the AMA range in Dartmouth. And so I shot basically two indoor matches a couple of weeks apart. And then I went and, got my, then I went and had my lead tested again. So when it was 94, he told me to stop shooting and take a break. This time it was 174. So normal is between 0 and 20. And it, <laughs> yeah, it jumped up to 174. And he's like, Eh, you know what? Don't even worry about it. Really? Don't even worry about it. Yeah, don't even worry about it. Just keep doing whatever you're doing. 
like, is that just is that just your doctor like throwing in the towel? Yeah. <laughs> what it you is. Know, well, you're not gonna listen to me anyways. This the lead's gonna be effect- affecting your brain function. So you just keep doing it. <laughs> you're not gonna listen to me. <laughs> well, and I mean I called uh, a company at Test Water and to get my water tested. He's like, Well, we don't test for lead, but we can send it away and have it tested for lead. I'm like, Great, call me back with a date. That was back in the fall, right? When I got my lead tested uh, <clears throat> and it came back high. I still haven't heard back from them. So because mm-hmm. um, Christina's lead levels were higher than they were supposed to be too. So is she picking up that much cross-contamination from me? Can't be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can't be. Like, you know, uh, I'm not smelting. Uh, I'm not casting in the basement. I'm not casting. I haven't cast since last year. Um, my range clothes. I mean, you know, like I, there's just, there's well, there can't be that much cross industry, industry Canada or in environment Canada was, was mentioning that in their, um, in that anti-lead article that they had put out, uh, they were talking about like, oh yeah, you come back from the range, you like bag up your clothes and like, don't let anyone near them and wash them. And it's coming off use and make sure you have a shower. And it's like, I think that's the, like the extreme on it. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's probably fine as long as you don't like i don't know like eat off of your <laughs> your like range shoes or your socks or something like that well but like an indoor an indoor match i could see raising your blood level or your uh, lead level because you know you're uh shooting inside there's a lot of lead coming off uh primers and whatnot so yeah uh that's possible but the clothes and i that that doesn't make any sense no it doesn't it doesn't i mean um i got gloves next to my press i'm supposed to wear them whenever i reload but Hardly ever. Well, you're not like it. It's not going to like seep through your skin. So I mean, if you get it on your hands, it's just a matter of like washing washing it off. Hands really, really really well. Cold water, yeah. Before you eat or stick your fingers in your nose or your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so whatever. The the particulates and like breathing those in is like a a good way of getting that stuff in your blood. Yeah, vaporized lead is the fastest way to get lead poisoning. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then last weekend was the. Hampton Rifle and Pistol Clubs Southern New Brunswick 250 Ipsic Level 3 match. How'd you so, do? Uh, I won my division and I finished third overall. Congrats. Yeah, so because it's a sanctioned Level 3 match, um, if there's enough people in your division, you qualify for a presidential medal. You only get president's medals at Level 3 matches. So, whoop, whoop, this is my second one. So that's pretty cool. Pretty excited oh, cool. about that. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, the match was awesome. They scaled it back from 18 stages to 14 stages. And at first I was like, oh, really? Come on, guys. The whole idea is it's like a marathon. It's an Ironman match. It's 18 stages in one day. We have it on the summer equinox because it's the longest day of the year. Well, let me tell you, by stage 12, I was done. I was over it. <laughs> I didn't know if I, I had to dig deep for my last stage. <laughs> stage 14, yep. I yeah. was I was happy that we didn't have four more to go. It was a long day, man. Luckily, it wasn't hot. It was only like 30 degrees for like an hour, maybe. And then realistically, it was probably only 25 degrees. But anyway, um, so knocking it back to 14 stages, uh, you know, made it less uh, intimidating to new shooters to try and get all that shooting in in one day, made it easier on us old fat guys. And it also gave them more, creativity with their stages they were able to put together some really good really well balanced stages which meant that the match was really well balanced so 
Um, when you have a level three match, there's a ratio. You can't have all long stages. You can't have all short. You can't have all medium. There's like a, a, a three to one ratio. So um, with 14 stages, it was just the right amount of long courses of fire, lots of short courses. And the, the match had some running and gunning where the, you know, you were on the move, shooting targets up close. Then you had some stand and deliver both close and far targets and you had some accuracy. So, so you had it all, you had movement, you were tested on your reloads, you were tested on your loading, unloaded guns, um, table starts, weekend, strong hand prone. Come on. I hate prone, especially since I zeroed the stage. <sighs> but anyway, the match you was can, balanced. You can zero a stage there and still win. <clears throat> so if the, if the, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did that. Um, thanks for pointing that out. Yes. <laughs> I zero to stage and I still won by 6%, give or take. Uh, More like 5.5%. And you know, you were roasting on those other stages, though. Your stuff on Instagram looked pretty good. Those are some uh, pretty quick stages. Did you see the stage where I backed into the wall? Uh, yeah, ran yes. like sideways Check into it. Out. Look at this bruise. Can you see that on the camera? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very okay. easily. You nailed it. The wall. <laughs> yeah. And That's what happens, though, right? You get shooting and you, you lose that spatial awareness and you run into a wall. Well, you know, and the problem is I take up more space than I'm aware of. That's the challenge. I'm not I'm 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 not as small as I think I am. And rounding corners when you're as round as I am is is a bit of a challenge. So uh <laughs> and when the stages weren't built by a school teacher, you can't knock stuff over. That stuff is built to last. It's attached quite solidly. So but the stage that I zeroed, Adriel, there's only forty points on the stage, right? Yeah. So okay. I got a penalty. There's minus ten. So that now I'm left with 30 possible points. Well, because I hit the no shoot, I didn't follow it up with a shoot in the brown target. There's a miss. Now I'm down 20 points. That leaves me 20 points left, right? Yep. Well, then I had my foot outside the fault line for two shots. Minus 10 for each shot. Minus 10, yeah. Yeah, so there's 40 points. Uh, the thing is, though, there's another award that that they give out at this match called the Pain in the Ass Award. Oh, were you that? It's Sounds like you. It's been given out three times now. <laughs> yeah. And all three medals are at my house. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but here, you, you know, must be lucky. That's what it is. It's luck. Yeah. It's luck. So, uh, to try and avoid getting the pain in the ass in the ward this year, when I got those procedurals, I could have brought up the fact that the rule book says fault lines have to be a minimum of two centimeters off the ground, mm-hmm. and their fault lines are not two centimeters off the ground. So I could have said, hey, look, your fault line's not legal, so you can't give me procedurals. I wasn't able to feel it with my foot because it wasn't two centimeters. So if you're not following the fault line rules, how can you give me fault line procedurals? What were they using for fault lines? uh, Strapping, which is only about one and three quarter. You know, it's not not a full two centimeters. Mm -hmm. So because I didn't want the pain in the ass award, and because you just don't do that, because that's a, that's a that's a cheap way of doing it, you know. Yes. Like you're not gonna. You did you know. it. You might of course as well I, did it. Come on. Of course I didn't do it. I just said you don't you don't do that. Well, I no, I mean no you you were over the fault line. That's all. Yeah, I was over the fault line. That's right. When yeah. and so, um, yeah. It's called ownership. Aren't you supposed to argue though? <laughs> isn't like isn't that in the spirit of Ipsic? Like you argue about all those kinds of things. Sorry. 
Uh, I brought out my ruler, and your fault lines are only one and three quarter centimeters, and not two centimeters. So, oh yeah, uh, you're right. You're right. Uh, Ipsic stands for irrational people squabbling constantly, <laughs> and <laughs> and there are people that would do that all day, every day. And do you go uh, over and kick dirt and like on the shins of the arrows? No, because then you just told to go home. You just go off on the spot. Oh well, I thought it was like you know baseball where you no do that. no you, you, you have act- a hissy fit. No, no you, you do that on the fault line so that it doesn't measure up to two centimeters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, actually, so this occurred to me today while driving. I was listening to the Three Gun Show, and one of the guys from the American team that was over at the Ipswich Shotgun World Championships in France, he stepped over a line. He was complaining that he was able to step over the line because the dirt had been piled up against it. Blah blah blah. And I went, ah, the Hampton fault line wasn't two centimeters. I could have, I could have. Uh, appealed those calls but you know uh then i i would have been guaranteed to so anyway i didn't it didn't occur to me at the at the at the match but it would have been funnier if it had occurred to me and i had chosen not to bring it up because i didn't want the pain in the ass award but here's what i did do to make sure i didn't get the pain in the ass award so one i wasn't the cro muffin was so that meant every time there was a problem or a question or a concern it wasn't me that went to get the match director or the range master it was muffin I just stood back, kept my mouth shut, minded my business. And then when there was an issue that needed to be addressed by the match director, when the match director would come onto the stage, I'd be like, afternoon, Ken. Things are going great. (laughs) These stages are a lot of fun. As far as this little snafu over here needs to be fixed, don't even worry about it, bud. It'll be fixed when it's fixed. It's all good. We'll be shooting again when we're ready, and that's all there is to it. And he looks at me. He's like, who the F are you? I'm like, growth and development, Ken growth and development <laughs> i'm a new man i'm just here to support you and your efforts to put on a great level three match and still all that, uh, all that lead level uh change your personality too apparently yeah. <laughs> mellowed <But> you out <laughs> it didn't it didn't mellow ken out because i still got the pain in the ass award so when you come up the stairs now you know where i get all my plaques on the way up the stairs in the way of the man cave yeah. you got my you got my hampton 250 first place classic award you got the president's medal hanging over it and then I got the pain in the ass award hanging over it. So every Hampton 250 plaque that I have has a pain in the ass award hanging over it. So if you're a listener who's coming to the charity shoot and you happen to make it this far up the stairs, oh, you will. You'll you'll see the uh, the pain in the ass awards hanging on my uh, on my Hampton awards. So so why did you get pain in the ass award this time? Uh, I don't know. I I, I oh. because I tried not to. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. Well, they probably he, did it ahead of time, and it's like statistical probability. He's got yeah. it. Somebody suggested they rename the award to the Trevor Award. I was offended <laughs> by that. Give it to you every year. <laughs> oh, it's not right. It's not right. Now there was a couple of honorable mentions, and then and then me. So um, anyway, so the match was awesome. We went down there Friday night. Me and Will and Muffin. So Will is Muffin's stepkid. He's fourteen years old. He just started shooting Ipsic uh, this spring. So this is a level three match with 60 plus competitors and he finishes in seventh overall. He's, he's a natural athlete and just, oh man. And thank God he doesn't listen to us because we're we're giving him (laughs) advice on how to shoot stages and he's not listening to us. And, and, And I realized it's a good thing because let's let his learning curve be as steep and long as possible. Because he's already uh, gotten me on a couple of stages. And uh, yeah, so anyway, um, he's going to be he's gonna be phenomenal. Muffin just picked up a second 1911, so he'll be shooting in Classic with us, which is super. How no. old did you say he was? 
14. 14. Hmm. Yeah, we're in trouble. Yep. Um, any other highlights from the match? Meh. We uh, we had an after-match um, bonfire, and, and the match director is a really good singer and great guitar player, and um, we, we sat around the fire to the wee hours of the morning until, oh, I learned a new game. <laughs> I learned okay. a new game. Everyone pay attention. This game is epic. I'm not going to name any names in case the players involved may be, you know, but the game is called Beer Can Jenga. And a long time ago, <laughs> uh, introduced me to this game. So here's how it works. Um, the board for Beer Can Jenga is the guy who passes out. Okay. And the round ends when he wakes up and shakes and knocks the cans off. It's the funnest thing I've ever seen. And and Chris Lynch, he I don't know if Chris won every round, but I think I he you should weren't have. gonna say names. Well, Chris Lynch was a player, so I think it's okay, oh, okay. to All give right. Chris his due because Chris always placed the most difficult can, in my opinion, the most difficult can to place right on top of the head. He always started that way. I went more for the groin area, you know, to to start. Casey like swatted at it and hit himself. I thought it would be funny, but anyway. Um, so yeah, so beer can Jenga guy passes out. Everybody grabs a can and, and you just, you decide who's going to go first and you go around the circle and everybody places a can. Right. And then when the, um, when the round, the round is over, when the guy wakes up and the person who wins the round is the person who had the most cans stacked on the sleeping board before he wakes up. And then he he curses a little, takes a drink of beer, goes back to sleep, and then round two starts. It's the fun. I think there's a real good chance that beer can Django will be played at the charity shoot. Okay, quite true. Yeah. So, well, I mean, um, you need you need someone to like crash and burn real early and hard. But well, and that's great if depending on how long you want the round to last. I guess if you want to play multiple rounds. But oh yeah, either way, definitely. either way, oh, everyone try. To to like sit and try to try to like not pretend they're not uh, they're not passing out mm-hmm. and uh, and play multiple rounds for sure for sure yeah yeah well and I mean and if the cans fall and the person doesn't wake up you can start another round anyway yeah yeah, yeah. they don't have to wake up it's funny when they do because there's some 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 funny words said and stuff but uh, yeah good times um, so uh, this week I've been reloading my match ammo so last week during the podcast uh, the brass fairy came by and dropped off uh two 50 uh, pound uh sandbags full of brass um and there's a lot of once fired winchester nickel brass in there and it was a bit of a pain to process because the primer pockets were crimped and when i used the dylan super swager to decrimp the primer pocket the flash hole burr because the flash hole is just punched, right? So there's a, a burr of brass that's folded on the inside of the of the case. And it's hard to see in a rifle, but if you look inside your pistol brass, you'll see that burr. So that burr was then flattening out against the flash hole and reducing the size of the flash hole. So what a pain. I, I used a universal decapper, decapped them all, and then I cleaned them all in the stainless steel tumbler. And then in order to... Um, see the new primer i had to take the burr out so when i take the burr out then the flash hole had to be done so here i'm doing like rifle level brass prep to um pistol brass and i did this because i just wanted to have nice fresh clean once fired brass for the national so i loaded up about 700 rounds um and i've got now i've got to get 
uh, when the show's done, I'm going to process some more brass and then work on my SummerSlam brass because I'm out of here like real soon. The day after the charity shoot, we leave. Uh, we take Crosnell back to Fredericton and I fly out on Monday. And when I come back, it'll be the first. No, I come back on the 29th and the pre-match for SummerSlam starts on the first. So I got to get my SummerSlam ammo squared away. But my Nationals ammo is squared away. And get this. I woke up this morning at 7 o'clock and then I hit the road. I spent seven hours on the road to deliver my ammo somewhere to have it delivered with other people's ammo. I call up Campar. I'm like, I need to ship some ammo. We do that. Great. All right. So where do you live? I live in Camelton. Oh, well, um, there's nobody up there. Like, we don't deal with anybody up there. There's only like four of you living there, and that's not enough to bother. So (laughs) Campar doesn't exist up there. So we contract out to Loomis. Okay. Well, where do I? So what do I do? Well, you'll have to drive to Bathurst to, to take it there. I'm like, all right, not a problem. He said, but Loomis doesn't ship ammo. So make sure you don't tell them what's in the box. Oh. I'm like, really, dude? Well, let me check on something. And then while he's checking on something, he's trying to put me on hold or something. He hangs up on me. I'm like, I call right back and this girl answers. I'm like, yeah, I was just talking to Patrick and he was checking on something for me. Can you put me through to him? I know it's a call center. I worked in a call center in university. I know the chances are pretty slim to none. So uh, I'll check. Oh, he's on the phone with another client. Give me your number and your name. And I'll get him to call you. Well, guess what? I'm still waiting, Patrick, you jerk. So in the meantime, I call a dealer and I'm like, other than Campar, who do you deal with? And so he's like, well, there's not really anybody, but I know these people that are shipping their ammo all together. So why don't you talk to them? So I drove seven hours to drop off, you know, almost 600 rounds of ammo to this guy because he's going to ship it with his friend's ammo. And (sighs) yeah, nice guy. Yeah. Very nice guy. So (laughs) I got up this morning and drove to Amerson back. So for the list, I drove to Amerson back. Wow. That's quite the drive. Uh, like I said, I spent seven hours on the road today. Mm-hmm. I walked in the office and he's like, so where are you going anyway? I'm like, nowhere, man. This is it. Here you go. See you later. I turned around and I left. <laughs> well, well all right, that's, why, that's why you caught up on your podcasts. <laughs> I sure did. Uh, on the uh, Where's uh, Amelia Earhart podcast. I tried to listen to an episode of Jocko. Um what else did I do? Oh, uh, last night, <clears throat> while I was on my um, CCFR conference call, I installed... Where are you, my precious? Here you are. And switch over to the camera here. Of course, you're not going to be able to tell because there's a trigger lock on it. So, 10 Foglio Witness. I got one in 9mm and one in 45. Does my picture look as bad to you guys as it does to me? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty grainy. Yep. I'm plugged in. I got the old... Uh, I got the it's- fiber op internet thing going on. It might just I be a laptop. A brand new laptop. Crap. Yeah. Whatever. Right. I'm looking at you and you look like you're in 1080p. Like I can literally see the pores on your bald head, but that's, I've got good lighting and I got a fantastic webcam. I guess so. Yeah. Um, anyway, so last night I installed an STI short reach trigger on this gun and a STI extended mag well or magazine release. So now if you look at these two guns, they are identical. Only one's yeah. in nine millimeter and one's in forty-five. So how many nineteen elevens are behind you right now? Oh, two less than yesterday. <laughs> if Did that you matters. Salsa? Well, I had muffins in my name because his license oh, yeah, expired. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So I transferred those out and the transfer was approved twenty-four hours, so they're gone. So did you see that Instagram video I made? You want to see what happiness is? This. This is happiness. And I open up my nanook case and it's filled with six nineteen elevens. <laughs> So, so weird. 
Yeah, I know, right. All right, moving along. This wasn't supposed to take me long at all. We had stuff to do and places to go and people to see. Uh, oh, I bought a set of those um, portable printers. These things, let me just switch back oh, here. Yeah. That. Yeah, man. So the idea is in practice score. Yeah. In, in, as far as IPSC is concerned, I can't speak to the other shooting sports, but the rule says you have to provide the competitor with a copy of his score. Okay. So what we were doing in the past is we're using carbonless, carbonless copy paper. So the scorekeeper would call it the scores. Somebody type it into the tablet. The other person would write it on the little paper and then you'd peel them apart. Stats would get one copy and the competitor would get a copy. So stats had the electronic version and a paper copy. We're not going to do that right. now. We're just going to keep stats. We'll rely on the electronic version. And I got Can this do. idea from the nationals in Calgary in 2016, 20, 2017. So when you clicked approve on your score, it automatically sent the signal to this little portable printer and that printed out your, your time, your alphas, your Charlie's, your deltas, your mics, your penalties, whatever. It all came out on the printer. Okay. How so much is I the printer? Uh, a lot. Oh. How much is a lot? Uh, they're like 60 bucks a piece, what I paid. Yeah, I don't want to do that. They yeah. came They came with this little case with a clip on the back, Adriel. So mm-hmm. the, the way they were set up in Calgary is this clip was actually an, an elastic band belt loop and you could put your two fingers in there and so you had the tablet on your hand like this and then the printer on the back like that and the whole thing sat on your hand it was rather comfortable mm-hmm. so anyway um yes they are they're not cheap there's a reason why i wanted them i got other things in the works so um i installed some generic portable printer software on the tablet and i do test page print 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 and it works great but when I try and do it from PractiScore, it goes searching for a Bluetooth printer and says there are none. So I've got to figure that out. And i got to get that figured out before I leave. I can't do this when I get back. It has to be done before I leave. So <sighs> I'll have to get a hold of some people who did this already and see what they, how they got it figured out. If only I knew somebody with smart computers and stuff like that. <clears throat> yeah. I don't do printer support. I hate printers. Fine. All right, cool. Um, and then finally, I'm going to tease something. I will have, hopefully, in a few weeks, some really, really big. And don't ask me because I'm not going to tell you. Well, then why are you? It's called teasing. <laughs> You're I'm teasing it. No, no spoilers. It's teasing. I will have some really, really, really big news with regards to Ipsic. Oh, I thought you were going to say I'm having a baby. No, my food baby's not going anywhere. <laughs> Ipsic's getting into three gun. <laughs> oh, hmm, hmm. Something, a, a project for my club. How's that? Okay. All right. Adriel, what have you been up to? Hello. Uh, I was late to the show today, and uh, that's because I was over at the stallery uh, doing the check presentation for that no, match. You were you were bowling, actually, and you were on a streak and said you couldn't make no, it. No, that's Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Adriel was under a train. Yeah, he was chasing trains uh, or he was throwing mama from the train. There was a train. Yeah. yeah, there was a train. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we got the uh, we got the check over to them. Uh, let's see here. I <laughs> Just a little check, just $10,000. It's, That's it's, all. Just our, it's just our first time doing one of these things. So, you know, so again, could, could I want to reiterate, as, uh, as some of you other guys might, with, if you have more experience running charity events or, or running like large 2D events, this is really our first two-day event where, where we ran something like this. So, so <laughs> yeah. I'm, giving, 
I'm giving you the finger because you're being <laughs> really cocky right now. But your cockiness and the $10,000 is why you're going to host the charity shoot next year. I think this could be done. I think it has to be done. If you can run, if you can, if you can make 10 grand out your first time going, we yep. promote the charity shoot year after year, after year, after year, after year. It's a well-known event. It's established good attendance. You should be able to pull 15 grand next year. Maybe from Alberta. Yeah. Maybe, maybe perhaps I, it, like if you can, if I've you got can pull... offers for help already from listeners. Nice. Yeah, people have yeah. been talking about it already. They, they agree yep. with the, uh, I will get if you can raise fifteen thousand dollars, and I'm sober. I haven't had a drink yet, which reminds me, I forgot to bring beer to the show. (laughs) I will get a snowflake tattoo in honor of Frosty, the lamest thing that you would ever see on my Mm -hmm. body. If you can, if you can raise fifteen thousand dollars, I'll get a snowflake tattoo in your honor. You're gonna get it on your butt. It's a great idea. (laughs) You want to help? No. (laughs) Oh yeah, actually, no. Never mind. You come up with the ideas, and you're short on the delivery. Where's this going? <laughs> it's going back no, to you. This can, no, this could be good. Remember, you shaped your legs live. We can do this tattoo live. Oh, can I put? Can I make the? T- can I do the tattoo? Yeah. No, I could get like a, a needle or like one of those like uh yeah like a needle and like hit it with a lighter and like clean it off and get like a a pan and like break it open. Get some ink on there. I'll do the what is it the Maori, the Maori. Or the Japanese one where you yeah. tap the tap the thing and it just like yeah. I can make a tattoo. I can make a snowflake tattoo for you. No, not so much. Okay, I'm reading an email from uh, Frank Garcia. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. I polished the review on the M17s and mailed it back to our listener Ian. So he's got that back in his hands today. Uh, I did a quick video on two two three versus five five six. Kind of. So after we talked in length about it last time. I thought it'd be interesting to do a video on that. So I tested uh, some different ammo in my 223 Wild and in my 556 Upper and uh, got a couple of other data points, which uh, which is kind so of So everything fed through your your 556, but not Absolutely. everything fed through your 223, right? You got it. The 223 right. Wild Chamber. So uh, that was a 223 Wild Chamber with a Rainier Arms Barrel. And with a Daniel Defense barrel. So the Daniel Defense and the Rainier both jammed with uh, that Federal Independence ammo, which I was reading a a couple of different uh, websites that did measurements on those. That's about where 5.56 is, most of the military stuff. They, they, um, I don't know if they, I I, I talked about this on the last show, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyways, I did a video on that. uh, And then I turned around and ordered 2,000 rounds of 223. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Tenda, Tenda's had a sale on for American Eagle, and it was like four oh nine per thousand. So I ordered a couple thousand of that. And uh, if you're still interested, they have both the two two three and the five five six. Anyways, I got some two two three. I also ordered another box of slugs from there, and a whole bunch of other stuff. I got the they have some low recoil competition slugs uh, by score. And uh, I I ordered like a bunch because they're way cheaper than a buck a slug, which usually your your price points right around a buck a slug, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this stuff was one seventy nine for two hundred and fifty slugs, so the price is quite a bit lower, and they're low recoil, uh, which should be better for competition and that kind of thing, right? How are they for um, cycling? Fine, okay. yeah, fine. I cycled them out of mine. 
Uh, my buddy wanted to shoot some out of his 1301. They cycled fine in that. And my other buddy, he's like, hey, can I try some of those? And he was trying it in his, I think it was a Versa Max. And it cycled yeah. fine in that. So they both bought some boxes of that stuff off me. And then I was like, oh, crap. I only have two of these left <laughs> out of so, 10. <laughs> are they two and three quarters? Or are they? They're two and three quarters. Yeah. Okay. So you yeah. can get the Max. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so I had to order some more. <laughs> it was too successful. Um, yeah, so I ordered a bunch of that. Um, and then I got to thinking. So at the last three-gun event, um, one of the other uh, competitors, he brought his boy out. His boy's 10 years old. And he shot excellent. Uh, super safe the whole time. Um, not the slowest competitor. And uh, that got me thinking, well, it's time to uh, start like easing my, bo- my boys into this. So... Uh, one of them's 10 and you uh, just mentioning there, Trevor, about that 14 year old kicking butt. It's like, mm, yeah, it's time to it's time to get going, at least get the safety principles in there. Muffin's so, kids can be your kids. Oh, oh <laughs> without a doubt, because uh, they don't do much right now. And yeah, when, when they, have shot, they suck. So I need to I need to get them up there. Fix it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to work on that. Uh, at part of that is I ordered a GSG 1911 22. So, oh, nice. I yeah. want one. They uh, so I, I I haven't owned a twenty two handgun before. I yeah I didn't see the need. If they were non restricted, I'd totally own one for grouse and all that kind of stuff. Um, but since they're restricted, and you only take them to the range and back. What do I need that for? Uh, but now I now I have a need. So I was looking around, and twenty two handguns are very different beasts than uh, a lot of the other stuff out there. So. Uh, I did some research, talked to some different people, and uh, the GSG got some high recommendations. At least the 1911-22 did. Um, I found a used one on CGN with four mags for a decent price, so I uh, ordered it. Uh, and yeah. there's a ton of aftermarket parts for that gun. There's an improved it's guy 1911. It's a, it's a 1911. You, you can put on like a lot of the parts. You can just straight up replace with 1911 I have the list. I actually have the list because I used to own one of these. So oh, yeah. I have the list of which parts are completely compatible with regular 1911 parts. But that being said, there's aftermarket parts available specific for the GSG. Hmm. Uh, better recoil spring, guide rod. Back in the day, the barrel bushings were cracking. And one phone call and they sent you the improved barrel bushing. That happened to me on mine. The... the um, a slide, of course, is just cheap pot metal, right? It's like the same kind of metal that the Sig Mosquito is made out of. And uh, there are... I, was, I can't remember if the slide's aluminum or if it's that zinc It's that stuff. zinc crap. I know, the, I know the frame was. I wasn't sure about the slide. Slide is, yeah. Mm. And uh, crack Zanac or something like that. Yeah. There's yeah. some cracked ones out there in the wild, but... Yeah. Anyways, ordered one of those. So, yeah. you know, that'll be neat. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I guess I need a holster. Thankfully, it's like a, it's a full size 1911. So, uh, Tendas had like the cheapo Blade Tech one for 50 bucks. So, I ordered one of them. And then, hey, by the time I got all my all this order in through Tendas, I had like a free like add on kind of a thing. And lo and behold, they had some uh, mag pouches for 1911 mags, which I believe the GSGs fit. So, ordered a couple of those. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah, mag pouches for it, right? Yeah, but I don't know if they are the same width as a regular, like a 1911 9mm mag and a no, 1911 mag will fit yeah. in the same pouch. Yeah. I don't know how that black magic works, but uh, I don't know if the 22 one is built up to be the same width or not. Mm. It would be great if it was. I have ways of making that fit. 
I have yeah. a 3D printer. This is uh, not unachievable. <laughs> uh, they're more or less the same, the right size. That's that's close enough for me. Uh, let's see here. My uh, Elfman trigger came back in, and I haven't installed my rifle. I haven't got a chance to shoot it just yet. Actually, one other thing that came in today was, uh, what is this? It's called Aim Assist. It's uh, a quick throw lever for the scope. So one of the things that uh, you know uh, held me back a little bit uh, at oh, this last one. match. Where'd you get it? I need one. I need one. I want one for my they Strike have... Eagle. Yeah, they have them for the Strike Eagle. Uh, Is the folding one that you can lay flat? Nope. Nope. No. Non-folding. Just a chunk of aluminum. Huh. And it's just a quick throw lever so you can grab onto something and uh, and get a little bit more leverage off of it so to, uh, oh. to rip it from one side to the other. I like it, but I like the folding one. So when I'm hunting and in and out of the truck or whatever, it's not going to get in the way. I can pop it up for a match and then pop it back yeah. down. Yeah. No, the folding ones are nice. Uh, this is more of like a competition one where it's staying up all the time. You will snag this on stuff. It's it's sticking quite far out from the rifle, no matter where what position you've got it on. That is the most uh, proud surface on the uh, on the rifle. But yeah, uh, I I would I would only pop it up on a stage that I know I'm going to use it. I wouldn't want it up all the time. To, yeah. Oh, I'm going to use it. Uh, the The stages that I needed it on were the ones that went from like long range to short range to long range or anywhere where there's those transitions in there. So uh, the idea with this is, again, just a, a quick way of uh, of transitioning that scope from min to max zoom uh, as be, soon as possible. My adrenaline be going and I would just go, ah, that's I'll the whole point. Yeah, I'll smash that thing right yeah, over. Not yep. the, yeah. Hopefully the scope will be okay with that. How did you break your focusing ring, Mister Furlot? (laughs) (laughs) I just I I reached with the stage. (laughs) Yeah. Now let's see what else. Like you. Yeah. Uh, I got out uh, about a bunch of uh, patches, so patches and stickers are on the way to Patreonies. Uh, I got shipping boxes for the shirts. Oh, did you? (laughs) Yeah. I've got 20 of these guys, so this is the way oh, these things works. are going to go out. Yeah, I haven't loaded them up or written down the address or anything like that, but uh, those are going to start going out. Some people said that they want to buy some too, so maybe I'll set up like a real quick and dirty store on the website or something so that they can yeah. buy t-shirts off of it. Yeah. I yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. And then... Uh, thousand bucks a piece, though. Thousand bucks a piece? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. That's about the going rate for for a, a, a t-shirt, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. And then my phone broke and uh boy like I rely on technology a lot because it hurts so bad. <laughs> like when I when I first broke it, it broke for for a real silly reason and it, I think it'll be covered under warranty, but uh I mailed it away. And then the next day, my wife was like, you're not going to be able to make it without your phone. I'm like, ah, come on, it'll be fine. But she was right. It, <laughs> it, like, it hurt. In the morning, I, I got up, no alarm. Oh, yeah. that's on my phone. I got into the car. Time to listen to podcasts. Nope, no, no nope. podcasts. Um, now you listen to the radio. <laughs> you can listen radio? to CBC News or music. <laughs> Those are your two options. Okay. Uh, I get to work. What's my first meeting? Oh, uh, well, usually I check on my phone, but uh, it's not on there. So I have to log into a PC and uh, I don't go take a look at my calendar on there. Oh, just like my buddy wanted to go uh, meet me somewhere. It's like, uh, don't text me or anything because I'm not going to get it. (laughs) Afterwards, I looked at at, at my Hangouts and I was like, I got a whole bunch of messages from I think I'm in the right place, but I'm not quite. So anyways, technology addiction is a thing. I got it. I don't care. 
I'm, uh, I'm going to keep trucking. <laughs> and then so I, you went and got a new phone? Uh, you know, I since I, I sent that one away, I've got a my buddy was kind enough to furbish, furnish me with a an iPhone five as a backup. But mm, I'm a, happy I got something. I but, sent him uh, a text today, Kelly, with information that only I would know, and he's still like, "Is is this Trevor? Because I I got a new phone and no contacts. <laughs> I should have did to you what Matthew did to me that time." Get your oh, wife yeah. involved in everything and start stalking you, pretending to be a listener. It would work. <laughs> right now, I'm just dazed and confused. Anyways, uh, yeah, um, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, but yeah, we're gonna, uh, me and the family are heading out to uh, the Maritimes as well for the uh, charity shoot. And the kids to are coming too. Everyone's coming. Yeah, awesome. Find out, you know, what's going on over there. Eat some crab and then. Uh, fly home and go that, teach a course that, that's it's not crab. crab it's lobster wheat on this end yep. okay i don't just seafood okay. I'm, I'm landlocked i assume that they're all the bounty of the ocean is available wherever there's ocean pretty much <laughs> lobster salmon mussels yeah yeah any of that kind of stuff yeah for cheap that's that's what i'll take um trevor do you still do you have a glock i have two glocks Two Glocks. Can I use a Glock at the charity shoot instead of the FNS? Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to... Okay, so right now, no. My belt is set up for FN, so you're going to run FN because I don't have the time. No, I'm gonna bring a belt. I'll bring a belt out. I'll bring my own belt. <clears throat> All right, then. I have a Glock my 34 set up for you. For Glock, uh, I can bring my own mags. You got a Glock 34? Yeah, man. All right. Check that out. It's like brand new, and I paid $500 for it. I'd rather what? it would be more glittery, but I'll take it. Yeah, it's bone stock. <laughs> I was going to say, why don't you just bring the glitter and you can glitter no, glue it? No, and... he's not going to glitter up my gun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, yeah, I'll run that. I'll bring uh, bring some mags and uh, whatnot. And, yeah, uh, for real, bring your own belt because then I can lend the, the FN to someone else if need be. Totally. The yeah. belt is ready to roll. Yeah. Do I need anything else for mag pouches or any of that kind of stuff? <sighs> what do you mean? I'm bringing really nothing. I'm going to bring my belt and I hope that you guys have the rest and I can like EMT use some money for the ammo. Um, no, just order your ammo on XML's website using my code before you get here. Oh, that's an idea too. Don't take cash. You got to pay them and I give you the ammo. Okay. All right. We'll text about this. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for me. Kelly, did you go yet? Yeah. So that's going to move us into the next section, which is upcoming events. Um, Adriel, do you have any three guns to talk about? Yeah, you know, there's always something going on in no, three I mean guns. Specifically. Here. Specifically? <laughs> yeah. About uh, th- like is three, there a three of my gun guns. Match this weekend you would like to promote, or maybe the weekend after? <laughs> uh, well, Chad's going to have a match on July 7th, but I'm not going to be there. So it's it's going to be like a little bit less special because I'm not going to be there, but it's still going to be special. Cause... If they want to sign up, how do they do that? Uh, go to go to the Facebook. Facebook is the way you find out about these events, and then Chaz, that goes Chaz or, or Facebook score. page. Yep, Chaz Three Gun Facebook page or Practice Score. Practice Score is really the way to rock and roll for this kind of thing and register and right. whatnot. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, for uh, Lachi course is in St. Paul, uh, the 14th and 15th. There's still room available. If you want to sign up, email slamfireradio at gmail.com. Um, do you have a you got a bunch of generic maple seed stuff here, Kelly. Anything that you need to talk about? Yep. No, just that we're going to be releasing dates next week for Regina. So, Sa- 
Regina, Saskatoon, Edmonton, Lethbridge, Tabor, and Edson. So, so if you're in those, in- if you're in those cities, stay tuned. Should yeah. they be watching the website? Yeah, why don't they go to the website? So mapleseedrifleman.com. Go there, sign up for event notification. Then you'll be notified when the events are uh, released. Perfect system. Yeah, I know. Eh? Pretty good. The other piece is we do have more events happening uh, in those areas, but uh, we haven't finalized uh, the plans with the, those ranges yet, or we haven't received a range agreement. So once we get those, we'll get out some more events. So that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, that was a lot yeah. for, for go sign up and stay tuned. Yeah, no. Um, Sorry. There's a CRPS match. That's a Canadian Rimfire Precision Series. Is that what yep. the S series match? Series, on yeah. August 5th at the Tabor Shooting Foundation and another on August 12th at the Nicola Valley Fishing Game Club in Merritt, BC. Visit rimfireprecision.ca for more information and for registration links. Yep. The charity shoot. <clears throat> a couple of announcements. I just want to cover that um, no one has sent a donation. So come on. It's not too late. You can send an EMT to slamfireradio at gmail.com. That's correct, right? No one has sent a, a donation because I'd hate to say no one did and be wrong. So, But I'm pretty sure no one did. And if I am wrong, I apologize. But to the rest of you who didn't, it's not too late. Pre-registration is not required. There's three shooting events on the 7th. The first is going to be a steel challenge. Bring 200 rounds for this to get you through the steel challenge. Bring extra ammo for everything, guys, because when the three main events are over, we're going to have one range dedicated just for pistol shooting on steel. So if you just bring enough for the steel challenge, you're going to be short for this because there's going to be an opportunity to shoot several hundred more rounds in, on your own time on X metal steel targets. So make sure you bring lots of pistol ammo. Also for the trap, the, tra- the club is going to provide the clays, but you need to bring your own ammunition for the trap. You need at least one box because you're only shooting one round. So a box of 25 doesn't matter what gauge, but it does matter what shot size. Trap is only shot on my range with seven and a half or number eight. So don't show up there with three and a half inch magnums thinking you're cute. Bring, bring trap ammo, please. So don't forget to bring your 12 gauge or to bring your trap ammo. Um, bring lots of 22 because... Not only is there going to be a gallery silhouette 22 shoot, there's also the opportunity to shoot your 22 rifle on the rifle range after the fact. If you run your 22 rifle in the steel challenge, the steel challenge can be run with a 22 pistol, 22 rifle, or a full power handgun. Um, so if you bring your 22 rifle, don't forget that after you're done student, shooting the steel challenge, you're going to need uh, another t- minimum 25 rounds to shoot the silhouette. So. The moral here is bring lots and lots and lots of ammo. And I need to go back actually for a second. Uh, remember that along with the Fralachi class, we will be holding a CCFR and um, Slamfire Radio pub night. And that is going to be, why don't we have that right there with the Fralachi course stuff? Is that somewhere else down here? Uh, the pub yeah, night in Edmonton. <clears throat> yeah, it's so. gonna be Thursday, but I think we should like we should push the the time a little bit later so that we they get can time start to... without us. Yeah, good point. They, yeah, start without us. We'll get there when we pick Matthew up from the airport. That's the news on that. Fashionably late. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna do that entourage entrance. Only the entourage is already there. It's just gonna be us walking in. That's lame. Never mind. It's <laughs> um, Thursday, July twelfth at Brewster's in West Edmonton. Adriel, you're gonna call and make a reservation. Yeah, I'll let them know that a whole bunch of hooligans are going to show up. Perfect. So, 
Falachi's actually in there twice, I think. Yep, it is. Cool. All yeah. right. Um, I think that's enough of that. Okay, news. There's a couple of stories here. Who put those in? Uh, I put those in. Uh, the first one was the Alberta story. So okay. uh, charges were dropped against uh, this fella in uh, just around Okotoks there, just uh, south of Calgary. Uh, and it was found that uh, he fired a warning shot at someone. It ricocheted and hit them. And uh, he got off because of that. Ooh. So <laughs> the, the warning shot, the warning shot worked. No, no, well, the warning the shot defense- failed. The, the the defense of using the warning shot worked, but boy, what a what an odd setup. Anyways, uh, yeah, he's off. They uh, they dropped their charges. They didn't they didn't even like take it to court. They they took it to and then they just dropped kind of day up. So uh, that's uh, yeah, nothing happening there <laughs> because it was a warning shot, which as far as we know shouldn't work, but worked nope. great. Still still, Adam Lee want a good idea, nope. but. Uh, but it worked. A gun is not a tool for warning people. It's my it's my opinion on that. Yeah. All right, who's got the next one? Uh, well, this one's out of your area, Kelly. Why don't you go for this one? Okay, let me just pull it up here. This is a clip. Oh, this is the this Hamilton is one. So the yeah. same sort of thing. Actually, he shot. This wasn't the same thing because this is not well, a ricochet. No, it he wasn't a ricochet. Two shots so. What it is, is a Hamilton owner was found not guilty by shooting death, who, a guy who broke into his truck. So uh, this gentleman, he was charged with second-degree murder. Uh, he, uh, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. It was dark. He was in his home. His dog alerted him and uh, to something that was going on outside. He looked out his window and saw that uh, his truck light was on. He went outside. He is somebody... The reasoning... Um, He's a reservist, and uh, they even brought in his commander saying that uh, somebody who's in the military, you prepare for for anything. Um, he said that he uh, got his 12-gauge shotgun. He loaded it with uh, two um, slugs, went outside, and uh, the guy was in his truck. He asked the guy to... Um, basically show his hands, get out of the truck. He, the, the guy that was sitting in the truck swung and the defense was, he said that he thought he was going for a firearm. So he shot him. So he got uh, found not guilty of uh, second degree murder. because. Of so that. this, this is called furtive movement. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those true cases where you need to be able to articulate and authenticate mm-hmm. why you did what you did. And so this is the man who has training and he recognizes and understands what furtive movement is Correct. movement consistent with someone going for a weapon. Mm-hmm. So if they were able to explain all that in court, then yeah, I mean, he was right. based on what he knew and what anyone else knowing what he knew would have done the same thing in his shoes at that time. Then he's not guilty. So the uh, prosecution they argued that he didn't call nine one one first, <clears throat> and uh, he just went out. So the prosecution argued that, but I'm pretty sure that's not the law. Nope. Right. So that is exactly. Hmm. Uh, so he was found not guilty, <clears throat> and yeah. Hmm. Moral of the story: don't don't steal stuff, and you your chances of getting shot will go down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So go ahead. They, they were in agreement that he was in the truck to steal it. So now, I mean, yeah, that, I that part that shouldn't matter. Given, but, uh, but it should. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
No, I mean, trucks Trucks are replaceable. He didn't shoot him because he was stealing the truck. He shot him Got because him. of furtive movement. Correct. He was in fear for his life at that point because he thought that he was going for a gun, obviously. Right. So, right. Yeah. Anything else? Nope, that's it. All right. New gun stuff. Adriel, you got these in here? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple in here. Uh, one of them is just these Raptor LT charging handles. So Nordic Marksman has some of these. These are like a, a larger uh, AR charging handle. Uh, if you want to pick some up, they're right around $85. Are they... I'm trying to wait for it to open here. Are they Ambi or... Uh, yeah, they're uh, the, the Raptors... Or somewhere uh they're ambi they're quite large uh and uh they're very easy to grab onto so um, oh very nice yeah one of the one of the nice things with these is that uh you can uh you can grab onto them it's, it's good for a competition gun i would not uh, no if i had an ar ish rifle that i was going to yep. use for hunting or something like that i would not, not put it on there no because this is a, a good way of uh accidentally taking your rifle out of battery when you <laughs> run into a tree or something like that so yeah uh, i'm only surprised I'm actually surprised at the size of the Canadian issued charging handle. It's quite large, all things considered. You know, like you said, um, you look at a regular charging handle on an M4 type rifle, and it's small and low profile for a reason. Yeah. Just like a, a, a carry gun has a small, low profile magazine release for a reason. You have to really want to activate it. Yeah, you don't want to accidentally activate one of those things but nope. uh yeah i guess they've they used some big ones so so canic is bringing us a rmr ready gun huh yeah so they they've sold this one in the past but um these are just back in stock so arms east has these uh these are the uh, tp9 sfs or and he's frozen uh so this is, this is the full uh pistol with red dot for 994 uh, and that's uh comes with a holster comes with a couple of other things as well so that's good. That's a good price. That optic is nice. We've put that same optic on a couple of pistols at the shop, um, all with an external mount, mind you. Um, going directly to the slide so much better because it gets you right down on the slide. You don't have something in the dovetail and then something on top of that and then the optic on top of that. So, I mean, it works in a pinch, but this is this is better. Yeah, and the price is excellent for for a, a pistol, a competition pistol with a red dot already like already rock and roll for just under a thousand bucks. Yeah, even if you had a, you might be able to pull it off with an FN FNS if you got them when they were cheap. But other than that, there's no other option out there to get the gun out of the box with the optic on it for that price. Mm-hmm. All right, this next one, um, this next one is big, man. This next one yeah. is blowing my mind. Yep. Do you have it? one yet? Did you do it? Did you pull the trigger on it? <laughs> no, but I'm I'm really looking at that receiver set. So Arms East and Iron Guns are both bringing in the the Stag 10S. Uh, it's uh it's their AR10. It's got except it's got a slant cut on the on the rear of the receiver that makes it incompatible with AR10 uppers and lowers. So uh, it's uh it's not an AR15 derivative. It's an AR10 derivative, and uh, it's uh. Non-restricted. It's non-restricted. It's stag. Yeah. And if you buy from RMZs with a lower parts kit, it's under seven hundred dollars. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's insane. It's yeah. it's straight up black rifle air ten made by Stag. I can't stress that enough. I've had two Stag Air fifteen receiver sets, and they are top quality. I can't say enough good things about them. And here you are, non-restricted air ten. Just buy it. Like if you haven't already done it. By the time I'm done this sentence, you should have two. 
Well, and there are there, the first ones that uh, Arms East is bringing in are, are six five Creedmoor versions with an excellent barrel on them. So, if, like, I'm thinking if you're shooting PRS, you could run a bolt gun or you could run a gas gun. That's a lot of uh, a lot of guys these days are running uh, AR ten rifles uh, for PRS because you've got that quick follow up shot and the accuracy is as good as bolt and. Uh, and something like this, where you're running like a really nice barrel in a cartridge that uh, that's good out to a thousand yards, uh, fantastic idea for that kind of thing, right? And after playing with the BCL 102, the idea of an AR-10 uh, really oh, seemed um, realistic. Like it seemed like ob- ob- obtainable. Like this is a kind of platform that I could get into. I mean, I've got an M305, which is cool. It's a semi-automatic. Um, a 308, but it's a Milsurp kind of thing, you know. I like having a semi-automatic 308, but oh man, all the like this would be a perfect complement to my SLR 5.56 AR-ish non-restricted, and now one in 308. If yeah, I was better oh, optics man. platform than the M305 <clears throat> as well, way so you want, better. You're gonna put something with optics on it. This is no better, no better. No, you don't, you don't have to put your M305 in a chassis, and then you still just have an M305 in a chassis. Yeah. You can yeah, buy rock and lock mags and all that other. Yeah, you can buy match non- grade, match grade air ten barrels. Yeah, or buy the one that comes with it because they sell that one with uh, with a match grade barrel on it. It's quite heavy, like the match grade one with the twenty two inch barrel, the, the heavier barrel on it. It's got to be. When I was looking at it, it was like so, ten or eleven pounds, but with you, like, around like seven or eight. Dude, the answer is two uppers. Mm, yeah, you know, kitty up. Okay, what's next? Uh, if you're looking for Sierra Bullets, Western Metal just got a pile of more of those in. Okay. I, don't know. I like Sierra Bullets. Yeah. What What's this? What What is this? Is this some, is this some scoop that you have? Some, no, it's not, a, told you. it's not a scoop. Where did you read it's this? The end of, it, what's the end of June? Uh, did you get your SLR yet? SLR. Oh, <laughs> you're right. This isn't the last. The last time we got was end of June. And today's the 28th, and I still have a half-built gun on the floor. Yeah. A lot of people are bailing, too. Some angry people in CGN. Well, do they want crap, or do they want to wait for the kids? They want what they were promised. Yeah, that's true. That's all. Um, You've not heard me complain, though, have you? No. And you know why? I not for one second believed that it would be ready on time. Mm. And that's all there is to it. I, I want it. Uh, but I've never done a pre-order and I always try and avoid first gen of products. Um, but this, but this, is, this is like, a, this is an AR upper and upper and lower. It's, it's hard to mess these up. Right. Unless the design for holding the two halves together turns out to be crap or something, but I, I don't very much. It is. Yeah. Um, and so this is why I don't usually do a pre-order or not don't usually this is why i don't do pre-orders and this is why i try and avoid first gen products uh but that being said this was too exciting um if they come up with a better version in two years well i'll probably get that too so i'm not upset that it's not in it'll be in when it's in do i want it yesterday sure i want everything yesterday but it is what it is and i'll get it when i get it so it's too awesome to really like complain about i know a lot of guys are excited about the 180 but this is the one for me yeah, I think for for the guys who want to like build build their own, uh, the SLR is still the the way to roll, mm-hmm. unless they want an AR10. <laughs> Which I, do. I mean, I do. Yeah. I need one of those too for sure. Yeah, so, 
Zag 10S because that price is killer. That price is killer. Um, are we ready to jump into the main topic? Yes. Um, you guys were talking a little bit earlier about one that was pre-recorded. There was not one pre-recorded. Uh, but we've got another one ready to rock and roll now. Which is pre-recorded? Nope. Oh. Not pre-recorded. Okay. What's our main topic then? Kabooms with uh, Dave. I was just on the side chat there letting you guys know. Oh, I don't read that. Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> I'm not at the library. I didn't sign up for reading. It's a podcast. All right. Have you ever had a kaboom? I don't know. Well, you know what you're talking about. Just take it away. All right. Accidental. Sorry. Not an accidental discharge. No, it's accidental. Not. It's, it's you put too much actual, powder in a, yeah. in a cartridge or it blew up in through your extractor everywhere and that kind of stuff. I had a, I had a double charge 22 once. That was interesting. Okay. Mm. And yeah. this weekend at, or last weekend at the level three match it was at, I had um, what was very, it was close to a squib. The bullet came out and actually went down range and struck the target, but the sound was wrong. The recoil was wrong. And when I looked, when I pressed the trigger, I had a dead trigger. I looked at the gun and my hammer was forward. Oh. So I went into tap rack and yeah, I had that. And then I had a stovepipe on the next stage, first malfunction ever in that gun. And then I realized I hadn't cleaned it since last year. So it was bound to happen eventually. Mm. Anyway, kabooms. Yeah, kabooms. So Dave just had a kaboom this week with some <laughs> with some Tula. Uh, Dave, take it away. <laughs> All right, boys and girl. Hi, Dave. Oh, no. Put a shirt on. We don't Never. have very many rules, but that's one. This okay. this isn't your Reddit show. This is Slamfire. <laughs> Get dressed. Put my blanket on. That's better. <laughs> my safety blanket is on. Yeah. Welcome, so welcome back, Dave. My safety blanket is on. Yeah. Um, where, do I, where do I start? Okay. Uh, a long, long start time by ago. getting dressed, and then you yeah. tell us about the kaboom. <laughs> a long, long time ago, in a range far away, I was <laughs> sitting testing out a beautiful, beautiful rifle. As a matter of fact, I have pictures of said rifle. Can you believe it? I came prepared. Wow, fascinating. I know. Uh, well, that's not the rifle. Whoops, that's a pistol. But <laughs> yeah. there it is. That's the rifle. So I did That's some beautiful nice range, testing. beautiful rifle. Thank you. This is a Tika T3 Varmint in 308 because I really, really wanted to have something that was of good quality. And I think the quality really uh, helped me out here for reasons that will become apparent very soon. Uh, I was doing some ammo testing, and I got to tell you, this bad boy shoots exactly the way that it should uh, with some testing. Uh, and then the day after, I went take the t- same rifle out with some friends just to, you know, shoot for fun. And I put some Tula ammo in there because we were going to do uh, the battleship game. Have you guys seen it? They're the, yeah. you know, splatter targets with battleships yep. on them. So yeah. my buddy had his 22. I had a 308. So he was at a slight disadvantage. A little bit. A little bit. And then after our first couple of shots from the same box, I'm guessing from the same box of Tula, I started to notice that the primers were slightly protruding from the bottom of the brass. Now, for those of you that don't know, I shouldn't be calling it brass because Tula is steel-cased ammunition, and it uses Burdan primers. So there are these great big sausage plate-sized primers at the bottom of the brass. Eh. Steel. And then after one too many clicks, this happened. The, uh, the gas flew back in my face when I pulled the trigger. Uh, I was disoriented for a second. And when I looked at the side, uh, there was an extractor sitting on the table. And there shouldn't have been an extractor sitting on the table. 
So I opened the action and the case stayed inside and a spring on the plunger fell out of the gun. The spring on the plunger that held the bolt extractor in place. Uh, after making sure that my face was still intact, which was every bit as fun as you can imagine it is, I asked my friend to lend me his uh, cleaning rod. Uh, yes, kids, everyone should have a cleaning rod with you at all times yeah. uh, when you're at the range because you never know when you're going to get a stuck case or when a case will blow up on you, i.e. like this this time. And mm. uh, we tapped out the piece of steel and the primer fell off and there is a split about a quarter of the circumference of the diameter of the, uh, the, the case body between the rim and the bottom of the case body. Um, curiously enough, the bullet was still on uh, at 100 yards, right where I was aiming. So I hit the battleship. Um, so yay, I guess. Um, yeah, it split. The extractor fell out. The pl- I, I still couldn't believe it. The, the spring and the plunger that held the extractor in place were on the table. Uh, and I was able to actually reassemble the rifle. Um, now, here's the interesting question for you all. What to do now? Because what I did is I took a, fi- a piece of fire brass from this rifle, from the reloads that I showed you earlier, and I fed it into the rifle. So once again, this is an empty piece of brass. There is no bullet, no powder. It's just a fire piece of brass. And dimensionally speaking, it seems to fit snugly, which means that the dimensions haven't changed in the chamber up to a certain extent, however much you can you know, uh, measure that by feel. And the brass is still extracts the way that it's meant to. So I reassembled the bolt in the correct way. Uh, visually, there is nothing wrong with the bolt. Visually, there is nothing wrong with the chamber. Although, how good can you possibly look inside of a chamber when you know everybody knows how good you can look inside of a chamber whenever you're doing your axe and proof? You yeah. really can, you know, you can. Is there a piece of brass? Yes or no? So uh, it, it does look like it was pressure then. It doesn't look like a case failure because the, the fact no, the primer it was not, came it, it out. Was not, it was not, yeah, it was definitely the, just, the primer came out and the. Uh, and it burst through the the uh, uh, recess there where the where the rim is, right? So, um, it, you know, if it would just burst through the re- the recess in the, in the rim, uh, you could say, ah, you know, maybe it had like a defect in the case there. But the fact it did that and it knocked the primer out, uh, yeah, it, all it the, must have uh, been like way too there, high pressure. There must have been three or four uh, other pieces of steel case brass that had literally a visual millimeter or two of primer protruding from the bottom of the brass. So that entire box was loaded weird. And Mm. this was the one round that was extra spicy, I guess. Extra spicy 308. Extra spicy 308. Yeah. So did you send it back for a refund? Can you get a refund from Tula? It's not my ammo. I traded that ammo from somebody else. Yeah, but you should be able to contact Tula Canada and say, I I have. I have contacted Tula Canada. Uh, The the first thing that I did after I got home and, you know, took a breather, had a beer and sat down was I contacted Tula Canada. They seem to be the only people that bring in Tula into the country. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it would make sense that TulaAmmoCanada.com is the, you know, importer and distributor of Tula ammunition. 
mm-hmm. and my friend bought from them in 2015 because uh, after I sent them an email, they literally replied to, thank you, David, what was your order number? So I sent them my buddy's order number, and that was three days ago. So I'm wondering what's going to happen with that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like your gun handled it really well, though. I mean, it popped the extractor out, but uh, yes. good to go otherwise. And and that's the thing. I'm not sure. And everybody that I talk to goes, it's either fine or it's not. And right. if it's fine, carry on. But if it's not fine and it's entirely plausible because it did basically blow up without, you know, turning banana peel Elmer Fudd. Um, yeah. What yeah, to do? That's a lot of that's a lot of pressure to uh, to just like breach that steel case. That's all. That's a lot of pressure in there. Yeah. So. Keep in mind that Sammy specs for three hundred eight are sixty two thousand psi, I believe. So it went more than that, and the rifle, obviously, like many modern and not so modern, because this is a very old design, uh, bolt action rifles has a vent hole on the side of the receiver. Specifically for this kind of situation, uh, in the event of a case rupture, case head separation, uh, bore obstruction, and mm-hmm. there is energy to be released and backwards at the shooter is not where you want it to go. You do have a hole right on the side of the gun for it to vent out the gas. And I'm guessing some of the gas went in that direction and some of the gas went out the extractor. And some of the gas went back at my face. Uh, there was no, uh, I should make note of this, there was no um, powder. I did not have powder thrown back at me. I did not have debris thrown back at me. This was purely gas. It just felt like a really, really, really powerful, warm breeze. And, you know, that's not really what you want to be feeling when you're firing your semi. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, 3 is considered a full-size rifle cartridge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't want that happening. No, it's uh, yeah. I, I can't say I have had a, a kaboom with any of my rifles or pistols or any of that kind of stuff. Um, I've had some like failed to shoot. I've had some squibs. I haven't uh, I haven't had one of those yet. But we had uh, one on the line last last time we were at the uh, Maple Seed. We had yeah, uh, yeah. So the so it's only it was only twenty two. It was a ten twenty two. But the um, yeah, uh, the it. It was a squib, failed to extract, and well, it it blew the back off of the twenty two casing basically. So, and lots of gas at the side. People that were beside the guy were going, "Yes, please, please check out that gun." We took the gun, we took the uh, gun off the line. Um, but I've seen it with a ten twenty two. I've also seen it with an MP fifteen twenty two as well. Same thing happened, and you, it's different. You, it's that piff, but it's also not piff. It's um. Like like Dave was saying, um, um, you can you know. hear the the gas yeah. coming out instead yeah, of going yeah, down the yeah. barrel. <laughs> so yeah, you kind of want to yeah. So Dave, you're going to go and get your rifle checked out, or what are you going to do? Uh, I thought about that, and what I'm going to do, and what I did is I went to Brownells.com and I ordered a set of go no go gauges for 308. Mm. Now, what's that going to tell me? It's going to tell it's going to tell me headspace. And what headspace is, is anybody care to comment exactly as to what headspace is instead of me pulling something out of my butt? 
Just the distance from the from the base of your case to the shoulder, which is where it would headspace off of. Exactly. So dimensionally speaking, like I said, I stuck the fire piece of brass, which is the size of the chamber uh, in there, and it seemed to fit just fine. Uh, am I expecting that to have changed from this? I don't know. Uh, from anybody that I talked to, and I made a post about this on Reddit on the two big subreddits that uh, could you know, yield some decent exposure, which is uh, r slash guns and r slash reloading. Both the guns has massive amounts of uh, traffic and reloading is, you know, the kind of people that might have experienced a extra spicy load or two. Um, and they, the consensus was kind of much, pretty much split down the middle. Uh, yeah, it's fine. The gun clearly did its job and you're okay. So it didn't blow up. It's yeah. probably fine. And yeah. then the other half is go get it checked by a gunsmith. Now, what's a gunsmith going to do? I'm no gunsmith, but he's probably going to look at the bolt. He's probably going to look at the head spacing. Yep. Might and... do a casting in the chamber. Because one of the things you'll get with those go, no go is the length di- the, uh, to the uh, uh, to the lens. But it won't tell you if it's expanded to the side. So a casting using like Sarasafe or something like that of the chamber would tell you if it's like ballooned any to the sides or not. That's true. But that's like, I think your go, no gig, no go gauge is fine. I think that's. Yeah, see, that's kind of why I did it because I could take the gun to a gunsmith, give him a hundred bucks for five minutes of work because that's kind of how gunsmiths are. You know, if it's a five minute job, it's going to cost you a hundred bucks. If it's an hour jog, it's going to cost you a hundred bucks. So I spent a hundred bucks ordering some goodies out of the States because I also got, I got the go, no go gauges. I got three Oh eight dummies and two, two, three dummies because I don't have those. And I got a box of those, uh, dummy 12 gauge shells that you've got Adriel because yeah, those are awesome. Uh, yeah, those are awesome. So yeah. I got all that for 150 bucks instead of paying a gunsmith a hundred and bucks to tell me the same thing. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah, the, the next thing I'm going to do is quite literally take some of my not-too-spicy ammunition that I have, stick it in there, put some sandbags around the gun, and tie a little string to it. Uh, yeah, that'll see pull. what happens. Your go-no-go go, and then your, uh, your, your test firing with it will we'll tell you if there's anything wrong. But, uh, yeah. yep. Kaboom. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't get hurt. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, the first, my buddy uh, who was shooting with me, who's 29 years in the Army, he says that he's seen everything that can happen to a gun, from double feeds to squibs to explosions, but he's never seen a case failure, like a legit failure of the case from keeping gases in. Like everything else that can yeah. fail in a gun, he's seen it. He hasn't seen the case fail before. I've I've had cases fail. Um, I I ran that CJ that Norinco CJ ninety five their surplus two two three stuff, and that I've had case failures on. Uh, but you would never know unless you looked at it afterwards. Yeah, uh, it would it would uh, crack on the shoulder or crack on the body and let some gas out, but it would still ultimately mostly work uh, because they're brass and because the rest of it would seal around that crack. Uh, but with your steel and right on that rim there, there's nothing like it's not going to seal there. <laughs> there's nothing to seal against. It's it's pulling all that pressure out right then and there. So uh, just an unfortunate um, and one a reality with shooting steel cased ammo, right? It doesn't it will not seal that good uh, comparatively, right? One thing that was, again, anecdotal 
but it was pointed out in the you know queries that I made in the forums is that this is a known attribute of tool ammunition. Okay. I have no idea about that. That and it just blows up in people's guns or that it's like... Yeah, it blows spicy. up some people's guns and it blows up guns. Hmm. So, so again, it it's wise. Don't run, uh, don't run tool ammo. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's basically it. Awesome. Well, well, we uh, want to get on to the rest of the show here, just because I know that you've got to head out here pretty quick here, Kelly. Yep. Awesome. Thanks for coming on and uh, telling us about your Kaboom story, Dave. No problem. Okay. See you guys later. Later. Bye, Dave. All right. Listener feedback. Anything on YouTube? I have not been following. Uh, no, not really. Just a lot of people want. All right. So from Justin, and he says, hello, Slamfire Radio. Just wanted to send out a correction to Brian, as I did spell his name wrong in my last email. My apologies directly to Brian for that one. I'm st- uh, I am still would voting for him. Okay. <clears throat> I think that says, I'm still voting for him to be on the show as an additional member. Once the team, uh, member of the team, once Matthew gets back. I really appreciate his interaction with Adriel, Trevor, and Kelly on the show. I think it would be a disservice to the show to only allow a temp position to be placed over such an interesting host. We and appreciate- just, just to note, he is spelling Brian with a Y. Now, yes. this time, yes, yes. Yes. And also, just to note, your um, your opinion is noted and uh, disregarded. <laughs> I would also like to let Kelly know that what she is doing to promote the shooting sport as part of the Maple Seed program is absolutely Maple Seed is not hyphenated. So first it's Brian with an I. Now it's Maple <laughs> Seed with a hyphen. Who wrote this? Ginger snaps? My goodness. All right. Moving on. Uh, Maple Seed program is absolutely needed in this day and age. I, and I think many others, are impressed with you, with your steadfastness, determination, and tenacity. And we all thank you. Without you and Kevin getting the ball rolling, marksmanship would still be a thing that only that is only talked about, but not experienced. You're right. Before Maple Seed and Kevin and Kelly, no one could hit anything anywhere on the globe. Thank you, Kevin and Kelly. We're just all bullet hosers. All yeah. bullet hosers. Uh, By the way, Kelly, I think he's talking about Maple Seed, but there's more. I'm just more I'm reading. I'm reading what Justin Kevin wrote. And Kelly. Yeah, and apparently only Kevin and Kelly invented Maple Seed. Not There's Rick, a- not Mario, not Stacey. not not Never the princess. Heard of them. Never heard of him. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> but thank you. Now you're gonna love this next part, Kelly. Oh, what does it say? By the way, Kelly, you don't look a day over twenty nine. <laughs> oh, and don't let Trevor bait you into thinking you're not. Listen, I've never said she looked old. I never said she didn't look hot. <laughs> I said she was old. Uh, There's a difference. <laughs> Trevor. Yes. Shut up. Oh, I just called you young looking and hot. No, you and said I'm old. You are old, but you're also young looking and hot. Uh, why can't it be <laughs> why can't it be both? Uh, I'm just gonna okay, keep going. I'm in so yeah. much trouble. Yeah, you are. I can actually feel my ears turning red, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, I will let you know how things go with trying to search for that Velcro attached type baseball cap just in case any other listeners are interested. I listened to the listener feedback and understand that one listener, Amanda, as well as Kelly and Trevor, tried over the CBSA. What was the draw towards going in that direction? And what happened as those that attempted did not continue to pursue that type of career? In other words, how come you're not there and are doing what you're doing now? All right. 
Uh, Kelly, you want to go first? You want me to go first? And why don't you go first? But there's a little disclaimer. It says if it's too personal, then yeah. Don't. Well, I read the disclaimer and you I'm going go to move forward. Okay. Yes. Go. So you guys, you guys could be claiming uh, folding knives for Canada and defending our borders right now. Yeah. Yeah. So honest to God, um, uh, my wife and I used to watch the show um, Canadian Border Services and yeah. or whatever the TV show, the reality TV show was called. It's too bad it's off the air now. Um, but anyway. And I really enjoyed it. And I said, either either I said, you know, I could see myself doing that or she said it. And then I was like, you know what? I was always like out of high school. I wanted to become a police officer and I chicken out in university. After my first degree, I wanted to go join the military and get into the direct entry officer program. And I chickened out. So two regrets I've been living with my whole life. So sitting there. Uh, at the age of like 40 going, huh, I wonder, well, you know what? I'll never know if I don't try. Yep. So, um, and I was kind of getting tired of, of my job. Uh, but I, I came to my senses on that. My job is awesome. I was just having a slow year and every once in a while, I think I need to shake stuff up. So I thought, uh, Hey, why not give this CBSA thing a try? Why am I not there? Uh, the night before the exams, I went to Filthy's house. I had a head cold. I didn't sleep all night. I may have gotten three hours sleep. And I went into the exams and uh, Kelly will tell you, like I was stressing out prepping for the exams. She was. Uh, he was. Yeah. Because math. He was messaging me. What do you mean? Yeah. So um, I needed to brush up on my math bad. And ironically, the exam, I thought I would fail with the math. I passed. And the exam, I thought I would ace. I failed. So I could have went back to rewrite it, but then I was like, nah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I gave myself enough time to, to think it over and realize that I, I am very happy in my career and it would be quite a change. Mind you, Christina was all for it. She's like, Trev, get the job and we'll figure it out from there. If we got to move, we got to move, whatever but you don't know if you don't. So she was like incredibly supportive. Maybe she knew all along I wouldn't get it. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, I wanted to go because I thought that kind of work, that kind of interaction with the public and stuff, that kind of like there's some investigative aspects to it. You can end up anywhere. You can end up on a team that is doing um, basically um, kind of like immigration stuff. You can end up out in Vancouver and searching boats. You could end up at a port or... You could end up at a border crossing in St. Stephen, New Brunswick, where three cars drive by overnight on the overnight shift, and you're the new guy, and that's the shift you have. Yeah. You got to make sure that they don't take jackknives into Canada, though, because yeah. you got to protect our borders. If you end up in a position like that, you're essentially a glorified tax collector. So there's some good and some bad to the CBSA, but anyway, uh, yeah. So I failed one of the tests, and then I never bothered to go back and rewrite it. That's why I'm back where I started. Back where you were meant to be. Well, uh, the, the, anyway, I'm here. <laughs> All right. I, w I work for the federal government already. I was uh, looking at taking some time and taking leave. I would have had to uh, significantly from where I work currently uh, to go and apply for the CBSA. It is something that I wanted to do, but I was offered a position in, with what I was doing um, 
with uh, corrections and I felt that it was something that I could be good at and I would really like to explore. So my decision was to stay with uh, corrections and just uh, take on the new challenge. And I'm glad I did because it's something that I'm, I'm, I feel really good about and it's something that I really, really enjoy as well. So that was the reason why. Yeah. Cool. Next one's from Ginger Snaps, and oh, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it just the way he wrote it. Yep. Oh. Uh, Enigma and into a new mystery. Ordered a new firearm from Freedom Ventures. Arrived at the local shopper's drug mart slash post office, and a young man with a cop mustache served me. Gave him my gave him the card. I pulled my eyed eyed. I pulled my eyed and received my parcel. I asked him, what do you think is inside the box? He looked at the tag. Freedom Ventures. Never heard of it. I don't know, he said. I looked at him and said, it's an STI-3 gun. What's that, he asked. A handgun, I replied. His little social justice warrior (laughs) was blown away. I laughed all the way to the parking lot. This firearm is pornographic beauty. Two-pound trigger is so smooth Definitely not definitely not worth the price. <laughs> Mo can do the same job for a whole lot less. Only problem is, period. You just have to take a small ear beating. What does that mean? <laughs> I I don't know. Two things. James, stop typing on your phone and then proofread it before you send it. And and like Bubble says to Ricky, one of those words you just used isn't really a word. And and read it when you read your your email that you wrote to us. Read it to yourself out loud. And if it sounds the same way it does when I read it to you, and that sounds okay, then go ahead and send it, and we'll just give you a spot at the back of the bus, the short bus. If it doesn't sound right, fix it, then send it. Thank you for writing into the show, Ginger Snaps. It was- <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever met the man? No, I no, haven't. See, I have, and every time I see him, I give him a big hug and. He he's not he he's not a social justice warrior. He's not going to get butthurt by my no, is editing he suggestions. No, he's not coming to the cherry shoot. He oh. works too freaking much. Oh come on, yeah. bring the girls. But he's in yeah. New Brunswick, isn't that like like? Doesn't he just have like a fifteen minute drive over there? Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's why I spent seven hours on the road today. To drop off my yeah. ammo because everything's yeah. fifteen minutes away. Mm-hmm. All right. If you too would like me to butcher your email and then tell you how to write a better one, you can uh, send us an email at slamfireradio at gmail.com. iTunes reviews. This one comes from Mardig T. And the title is Great Podcast. The review is Great Podcast. The end. That's it. That's all it says. Great. <laughs> Interesting topics, fun team, and broad set of topics. Keep up the good work. Every firearm enthusiast in Canada should. Follow Slamfire. I concur. Yes. Mm-hmm. 2.5 million. Yep. Um, shout outs. I have one to Tracy Wilson. I received a package in the mail today. Thank you very much. And I have one. I have one for Dean at uh, um, uh, Select Shooting Supplies. And I just want to say I received a package in the mail today as well. Thank I need, you. I need to call Dean. They're sponsoring SummerSlam. I need to get that all squared away. Okay. Cool. That's it. Yep. All right. Um, Patreonies. Any new ones? I don't see nothing. Nope. nope. No new uh, ones. There were some revised amounts. Someone uh, changed theirs to four fifty four. Nice. Oh, we've got one for ten twenty two. 
So yeah, nice. ten twenty two. Yeah. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, my that's favorite. Yeah. No, there's uh, there's a couple of interesting ones in there, but uh, yeah, no new ones yet. Cool. All right. Well, until next time, everybody, please join one of their one of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR. Be sure to check us out on Gun Owners of Canada and uh, like us on Facebook. We're at one thousand nine hundred thirteen. I missed the day when we hit 1911 and that saddens me, but I don't need anybody to go unlike and then bring it to my attention. <laughs> just, just keep on, just keep on keeping on. Keep it you do you and we'll do us and keep hitting the like button. So any words of wisdom guys until the next week? I don't know. I'll see some of you maritimers at the charity shoot in a week or two. So Wait. yeah, our next, We're- our next show will be uh, the night before the so, maple seed. I wonder if we'll get a recording in or what we're going to do. Yeah. So it's going to be the day. Yeah. The day of the Furlachi course. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be rolling in just as you guys are getting finished. Probably. Adriel, if you don't bring a mic and stuff, uh, we're not going to get a recording done. We'll just have to maybe skip wait, it and go next week. Flying in that day uh, or do it late. What if we just do it a day late? Friday night after the um, the day before the cherry shoot. No. Well, Friday night after the maple seed. Are you doing maple seed? Maple seed? No. Maple He's seed making is, me sandwiches. I'm not doing any of that. But the point is, there'll be enough to do the night before the charity shoot. I'm I'm going to have zero interest in podcasting. So yeah. what time do you get in on Thursday? I can, we can talk about this afterwards. But All right. suffice to say, uh, next week, maybe earlier or later or something. Stand, but stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Next week, everybody. So, if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now, go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.